Blog Talk Radio. Bed on Sexy Witches, a podcast from a geek girl's perspective. A great episode coming up. We have lots to get through, so let me go ahead and get my co-hosts on the line. My first sexy witch is an award-winning documentary filmmaker of West Virginia. It's so fun to always say that. A full-time education, uh, elementary education student and a mother. Uh, she's also written about film on Red Carpet Crash and Inside Pulse. And she's one of my oldest friends in social media. Please welcome Sexy Wish co-host Jenny Richards. How are you doing, lady? I'm good. How are you? Oh, well, I'm doing pretty good today, and it's really nice to hear your voice. It's been quite a long time since our last podcast, even though I only think it was two weeks. But it feels so it was much just, it does it does it feels like a long two weeks. It feels like it's been a long week already, and it's only Tuesday. I keep thinking today uh, was Thursday for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've like, I have so much going on, I can't even imagine. And we're going to talk about some of it on the show today. I'm so excited. So let me get on my next sexy witch. And uh, she's on the other end of the country in Eugene, Oregon. Sexy witch number two is an aspiring filmmaker and a published writer currently writing for Living Dead magazine. She is also a regular participant in live action role plays, which I promise we'll do a show on at some point. Look for her wolfy attitude and her personal writings on her popular blog and YouTube channel, Cleaning Child, the Demon Blogger. Please welcome to my show, Sexy Wear Witch co-host, Queenie Todd. How are you doing, sweetie? Oh. Ah, she's like here for us today. Yay, we're so happy about that. <laughs> but sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, how's, how's your two weeks been? Crazy busy. There's been a lot of LARPs. I did go to a convention. I went to Crypticon like two weeks ago now. Wow, it's been yep. crazy. <laughs> um. What about you, Jenny? Uh, have you seen any good movies lately? Um, I, I was having trouble thinking of anything I've been watching. We, I haven't had a whole lot of time to commit to a movie lately, so we've been uh, we just started watching Firefly for the first time. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, Nathan Fillion, geek husband, yeah. Nathan Fillion. Oh my God! <laughs> it is. It's I, way more violent than I expected it to be, which is not bad. It's just every time it happens, I'm like, wow, that was that was pretty gory. Have you seen the movie yet, Serenity? I did. I saw the movie when it came out, but I, I knew that I was going to miss a lot of what was going on, and it you know it was oh. true. So I didn't really appreciate it at the time. So now I'm no, but now that, ready to watch the whole thing and get watch that again. Well, now that you've seen it, and you already know the big twist in Serenity, and anybody that knows Firefly knows what the big, horrible twist in Serenity is. Now you know his character. Can you imagine as a brown coat fan of the film, 
uh, what that did to us. Oh, yeah, I like know. Killing, it's crazy. It was like killing Bambi. It really was. Uh, you know, for right. the mother, we're shooting Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot yeah. of fun watching that. I, I Tell me, when you talk about it, when you're finished with the series, I would love to hear a huge tirade on that show because that show is a lot of fun. And at some point, we'll probably do a brown coat episode because we can't ignore fat fandom's favorite rogue, and, uh, you know, outside of Han Solo, I would say Nathan Fillion's mall is probably on my short list of awesome. <laughs> so, uh, that's uh, pretty Katie, awesome. what about you? What have you seen lately? Me? Um, yeah. Well, I, plan I, mean, on seeing, I plan on seeing Fury Road this weekend because, like, everyone keeps talking about it, and the more I hear about it, the more I have to see it. So I'm just like, I, okay, fine, I'm going to go watch it, jeez. I finally saw it over the oh two days ago. I actually had a Sunday afternoon off from parent, from nice. kid, from from dad, from everybody. And so, what did I choose to do? I choose to do my errands. What you do? But I went to Fairy Road, and uh, you know, um, okay, it's a production designer's wet dream. Absolutely, like if you want to design like trucks and. Gold and pipes and, and post-apocalyptic dystopia, crazy bullshit. That's the shit. This is the person that just, I'm sure, they were like, oh, dream project. You know. The film yeah, I hear that. <laughs> it's, the film itself is good. It's a nice, well-paced action picture all the way through. Not much set up, not much needed. Just go, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's going to have a lot of weight to it in the long run. I think it's just a fun, good romp. It's a classic popcorn movie, and it reminded me of like an 80s, like it really did have that 80s, like George Miller really knew knows his own work pretty well, <laughs> you know, so it, it, was, it was really, really fun. But I am not like, it's not going to be in my top 10. It will probably be in like my top 20 if I if I was going to do a top one. So Would you say... Would you say Age of Ultron was better or worse? Or are they on par? I don't think they're on par. Maybe yeah. a little bit better. Oh, cool. Yeah, it might be a little bit better. Cool. Only right. because the production design is pretty badass, and Charlize Theron is, is playing a really badass character, and so, you know, you I'm really, really root for her, yeah. also the film. Um you know, uh, so you know, there's some bad. There is badassery in it. I won't say there's not. <laughs> so. I like badassery. That is something I. Enjoy. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so go go see it. We'll we'll talk about it again when you see it. Um, Absolutely. Have I seen anything else that's really good right now? Not really. Uh, I've, I've actually, other than going to the theater and seeing Fury Road, which is a big deal to get to go see a film in the theaters. Um, I've been really uber busy. I went to Awesome Con, actually, but we'll talk about that in a few more minutes. Um, that was amazing. That was, two, that was a week ago, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, it's been busy, and, and I'm getting ready for my daughter's graduation tomorrow, which is really funny. Uh, who knew that, like, daycares have graduations to kindergarten, but they do, so I'm going to go. Um, so, uh, you know, so it's like my personal life has been grabbing at me and, and keeping me from the hobby, but I'm here, and I'm happy, and I've done a lot of the hobby. Like I said, I went to awesome college three days of convention. I've never done that before. Oh. 
Never bought the three-day pass. Never got all three wow. days. I went pretty much by myself. I had two days completely to myself. I brought the family the third day. Uh, you know, and wow, it was pretty amazing. In 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 lots of different ways, it was good and bad. It was really really awesome. So before we get into that topic, um, it's about nine ten now. So I'm gonna give the sexy which is a trick. We could go ahead and read the community calendar at the top. Our first call. Um, Oh, I got also. Um, I also have to introduce our co-host. I almost forgot. Yes, you do. <laughs> See, girls, you gotta keep me in focus. I'm still not completely 100% here. James, I apologize. I was about to do my community calendar, but I was honestly going to introduce you. So let me go oh. into. Let me give him some music. Hold on, he needs some music. Give me a second, because he has been my madness. Um, like co-host a couple of years ago. So let me play some Yes, music this is ahead. real music. Dark, brooding, important, groundbreaking. Check out the lyrics. Well, this man is one of my favorite bloggers on the web and one of my fellow favorite collaborators, and I'm so glad he's actually on the show with us tonight. He is the, uh, he is, he's the creator of Dr. Terror's Blog of Horror and a new website, Horror Sexy, which he covers horror and exploitation and screenings and festivals in the New Jersey, New York, and PA area. Uh, he also does an excellent series you might have seen viraling on the web called 8-Bit Trailers from Hell with his friends Frank Downey and Sean O'Connor. And they do a lot of fake video games and fake trailers, and it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend looking those out. And you can hear him on his own podcast. He's on Dead Air, which is the Little Dead podcast, and his own podcast on Horror Sexy, which just launched a couple of weeks ago as well. So please welcome to the show, Doc Terror himself, James Harris. How are you doing, sir? I am doing very well. When you list all of those things out like that, it sounds like I do a lot all day. Um, you work <laughs> your ass off, sir. We know this. <laughs> it, it all comes naturally, I think. But no, thanks for having me on. This is uh, great. I'm glad to finally get on here. Very excited. I, I'm excited, too. And so uh, we can hold the community calendar for a bit because I want to talk to you, sir. First of all, have you seen any good films lately? Oh, yeah. No, I've seen plenty of good stuff, a lot of older stuff I've been watching. Uh, you know, I review a lot of, uh, you know, uh, titles from, from companies that are kind of reaching into the, the retro sphere. Uh, so, you know, I think my big one that I saw recently that is of excellent note that should be picked up by all is uh, the Madman release on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. That is really cool. And as far as new stuff, I did see Mad Max Fury Road. I'm glad to hear you guys talking about it. Definitely, like you were saying, production de- designer's dream. Though I think it'll probably make my top ten because uh, fire, fire is where I probably would make that my top ten in my top ten. And then I also saw um, what is it? Uh, we are still here. Oh, how is that? That is I. I enjoyed it. It is not quite. Uh, I don't know. It's not quite what uh, everyone else. I, I feel is what everyone's making it out to be. It's getting a lot of good hype. I think that maybe it's just not the movie for me, uh, but it does have some excellent effects. Barbara Crampton is amazing in it, and uh, as Larry says, 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 I can never say his name right. I didn't even pronounce it right just now. 
and uh, I think it's great. So it definitely got some comic appeal too, which the haunted house genre seems to need. So I think it's I think it's good. I think people are going to dig it. It's not my favorite, but you know I'm going to rewatch it a bunch because you know you never know. Well, you know, actually, it's already been a pretty strong year for horror, as you know. So uh, keep them coming. Let's let's have. I hope we have another Renaissance period like we had in like 2000, about five to 2008. I'm really hoping I'm, for that quality of level of film again. I, I feel really bad of what I haven't seen so far this year. You know, it's like what I haven't gotten out to see see yet. I mean, we had Spring this year. That was phenomenal. It follows was a great time. You know, so I, I think you're right. I think we're definitely in a very good period, especially for independent horror. Yeah, I, I, it, it makes it stills my heart to be on the air and be able to talk about these films. So you know, even if I have issues with Fury Road, I don't have issues with its existence, and I am so glad that George Miller was given a chunk of change and just said, "Go for it." And that in itself is worth the movie right there. So awesome. <laughs> So, um, mm-hmm. well, let's go ahead. we got a few minutes before our first caller comes in, so let's talk about our own experiences with conventions. Uh, well, all of us have been touched by convention in some way, and, and I will say, when you talk about conventions, it's like horror hosts. They're regional. Most of them are. So, there's, you know, when you say your favorite, it, you know, there's favorite. everyone has a favorite because they don't, you know, you don't go cross-country to see other people's unless it's something really large like Indianapolis Days of the Dead, which everyone does. Uh, you know, uh, so it it really was like a, uh, it, it's always existed, the media fan convention. I'll give a little bit of history, just a little bit. I don't want to bore you guys too much, but really, it, it, it just, you can talk to people and they would argue what the first convention, fan convention was. And a lot of people would give it to uh, World Science Fiction Convention in 1939, which would eventually become what we now know as Worldcon, which is the science fiction literature convention. But for a long time, it was really the only dream in town. And um, as media expanded, more and more conventions started to evolve. And now we have media fan conventions of all types. Uh, yeah, the media fan convention, Worldcon still exists. As a matter of fact, in 2017, it's going to be here in Washington, D.C. So I am debating about going, even though I've not been the literature-bound science fiction fan. I'm much more of a film person. But the Hugo Awards, which is fan literature, which is science fiction literature, and the Chelsea Awards, which is illustrations, which I'm really interested in, are the two award shows that happen during Worldcon. So I might end up going at least to the Chelsea's to see it. That would be really cool. Um, Everyone has one. I know that, um, you know, if you want to go gaming, you can go to Indianapolis and go to Gen Con. That's the biggest gaming. If you want dragons, and fantasy, you go to Atlanta and you go to Dragon Con. So there's so many types of media. There's anime conventions all over the country, even My Little Pony and Brody Cot here in Baltimore. But the horror convention, is a li- is, it, it falls into this medium, but it's always been kind of, I don't know, I, I consider them kind of the, the dark black sheep cousins of the horror fan conventions because there's some big ones like Days of the Dead, but most of them are smaller regional ones, and we all have favorites. And I wanted to start with our sexy witch in Oregon because I know she just intended a medium-sized con, one of the biggest on the West Coast, and that would be Crypticon Seattle. And I wanted to talk about your experience with it. Well, I had a really good time. Um, I did a cosplay of um, Billy the Puppet from Saw, 
and everyone loved it, and I got all these amazing pictures. And, and when I went and talked to some of the, the people there, because I wanted to meet, like, the filmmakers and directors and such, um, like, I got to talk to the Twisted Twins, and they actually recognized my name from my Facebook, so that was cute. Um, cool. Yeah, like, they were really friendly. <laughs> and at first they were like, you know, yay, look at your cosplay, you look great, and and then I gave them one of my cards, and they were like, you're Queen Todd? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like all nervous and stuff, like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> Look, you're famous. <laughs> no, I'm not really. I'm like, you so are, you, baby. The Sunscans just geek, geeked out on you. Is that what you're telling Yeah. Yeah, they were really cool. That's like, cool. They, they treated me like I was someone they knew, and that was weird, because I just sort of comment and leave likes, and that's all I knew. <laughs> But, um, well, that's yeah. awesome. Horror cons are very touchy-feely, though. That's the one thing I will yeah. warn people about. Everyone hugs. Everyone chokes each other. It's a term of endearment there, you know, especially Kane Hodder's there. Uh, it really so, is. Like, uh, it's, like a little, it's like a little horror family. And, like, on this side of the border, I haven't been to a horror con. This was the first one, Crypticon. So I was just floored at how friendly everyone was, you know, how it was kind of like a family atmosphere, like we're all freaks here, you know. <laughs> I got to hang out with my boss at Living Dead because she had a booth there and, you know, meet some artists. I had a great time. So from the biggest one that Queenie's at, well, the biggest one also, Crypticon happens to be one of the biggest cosplay events of the year, too. So everyone's in costume at Crypticon Seattle. But let's go to the yeah. opposite of the world to Jenny in West Virginia, and she has a small little science fiction one that she goes to, which actually looks almost equally as fun, but completely opposite vibe. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Jenny? Are you talking about ShakaCon? Yes, please. Yeah, ShakaCon, it's it's adorable, <laughs> really. It's, um, it's just a really small little horror convention in Charleston, West Virginia. And um, it's... It was really cute. We went this last year. We brought our baby, and he was wearing a Walking Dead diaper that said a little ass kicker on the butt, and uh, he was like the hit of the convention. Everybody wanted to hold him and get pictures taken with him, and it was really fun. And it was just everybody's always really sweet, and yeah, it was just great. It was it's a lot of fun. And then we have James, who is in the epicenter of a bunch of cons all around him, not the least of which is New York Comic Con, which, by the way, last year had a larger attendance in San Diego, which is the first time that's ever happened. So, um, and he also, but his favorites are Chiller Theater in Parsippany, and I believe Monster Mania in Cherry Hill. Is that correct? That is correct. Those are the ones that I, I chiefly go to. Uh, the the Comic Cons are uh, just gigantic. I can't take that. I'm claustrophobic as it is. I'm amazed that I get out to a convention uh, that's of any size, uh, much less the ones I get out to. But uh, you know, I definitely hit the uh, chiller at least in April. Um, I've always tried to go in October, but I have another uh, 24-hour festival, 35 millimeter uh, festival I go to in October, so I usually miss that one unfortunately. Uh, and then I hit <clears throat> Monster Mania. In March, because it's right after you get your tax return, so it's the perfect time to go blow that tax return. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's you know that's the first con I ever went to was Monster Mania. It's where I've developed most of my friendships. It's where I can go into the you know the 
the vendor room and say hi to everybody I know and realize that I've just said hi to like all the vendors and they were all friends and not just people selling stuff. So um, it's also where I met my first uh, famous person, you know, and and had them sign something and I was shaking like a leaf. It was uh, Nathan Basil from Behind the Mask. So that was pretty fun. But you know, I've always liked it. But you know, they, I always go on a Friday. I try to keep them kind of kind of the lower the lower yield times earlier on Friday as opposed to, hey, let me go on Saturday when it's so claustrophobic that I can't handle it and I scream. Um, so, yeah, those are my those are my two favorites. And despite the fact that it's two hours away, uh, Monster Mania still, I think, is my home con, which is Chiller's only 35 minutes away. It should be right my home con, but it's, uh, it's not. <laughs> well... Let me talk about those cons in just a second. I want to bring in my first quick caller because this is going to lead into something I want all to address because we talked about cons of all shapes and sizes. And the person that's on the line with me in just a second, he lives in Texas, and his name is Sean Shallon, and his regular convention is Frightmare, Texas Frightmares, which for a couple years ago was just a medium-sized regional con that suddenly, after the last couple of years, has exploded into its own megacon. So welcome, Sean. You're on the air with the Sexy Witches. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Fine. We're talking a little bit about our conventions and what our home conventions are, and um Sean, you are for Texas Frightmares. I wanted you to talk a little bit about it, but I really wanted you to talk about the evolution of a regional con going to the megacon level. And it really has exploded. And last year, this year alone, you could just list some of the celebrities, and it was mind-blowing who was at this thing. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about Texas Frightmares. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I, I've been going in, uh, to Frightmare for eight years. It's been going on for about ten years. So I, I haven't been there the whole time, but I've seen – a lot of the growth. Uh, it used to be at a smaller venue, uh, very intimate, uh, like at the bar slash restaurant in the hotel at night, you would see um, most of the stars uh, in there. They'd, they'd be talking to people, so that was actually pretty cool. Um, I, you know, I've got to have drinks with uh, 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 people, you know, I had drinks with Pinhead, you know, with, with uh, uh, a lot of different stars. It's been really awesome in the bars, but as it's grown, um, the opportunities the sheer amount of people that show up have really changed how I, uh, I approach the con. A lot like James said, um, I, I usually go for the whole weekend. My wife and I go. It's, it's kind of a, a weekend away. We see a lot of friends. Um, I get the majority of my shopping with vendors and, and any celebrities I want to meet done on Fridays, and, and I largely avoid the con area on Saturdays because it's so busy. Uh, there's just, I mean, um, millions of people in there. It's insane. Uh, it's tough to browse the vendor tables. Uh, but it's still it's still a, a great time. Um, so uh, I also my first con was in 2005, and I went to Horrifying in Hunts Valley, Maryland, which was that year was very similar to what you guys experienced with Monster Mania and Texas Frightmare in the beginning. I got spoiled fast because first of all it was my birthday, and there he was in front of me was Bruce Campbell himself. And he was uh, premiering the man with, two, with the man with two screaming brains. And, uh, and you know, the entire cast and crew of, of Evil Dead, Phantasm, all these amazing people, uh, two or three of the Jasons were there. Uh, it, it was just, it kept going on and on, all these things. And then the vendors had their own floor, and it was kind of incredible. But it actually outgrew its space rather fast. And one of the things that 
seems to be a growing problem, and we can address this with all of you. I'm going out to the whole group here. Is um, lines uh, the uh, the queuing issue and queuing can make or break a con. Uh, and I just went to AwesomeCon, and AwesomeCon is ginormous. And AwesomeCon um, had fabulous queuing. I had no problems with lines at all or anything like that. But when I go to some of the like medium-sized cons like Blood at the Beach, for example, a really cute little con in Virginia Beach, they really have no space for anything. So I would ask anybody here, who has advice about how to survive a larger con and the line and how to deal with it? I went to um, Festival of Fear in Canada, and I was in line forever to see, like, Clive Barker. I was just patient because I loved him so much. I just, I, I was in there for, like, an hour. I had my book with me. I'm like, he's going to sign my book. It's going to be great. I, you know, and I just kept my anticipation going the whole time I was in that line, but it was a really long line, and it, and it couldn't have been anything else because it was Clive Barker. So sometimes you have to just suffer the line. I stood out in the rain for Clive Barker once because he was reading out of Imagica. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I, was, I did. I stood out in the rain. Everyone took pity on me and let they stand under their umbrellas. All I had was a sweater. He made <laughs> me cry. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> so, so worth it. So um, worth it. I I do think, yes, having a book or something, but I try to keep myself light. So I have a bag that carries and has a one thing that yeah. I often tell people is to buy food in advance and put it in your bag. Like things you can eat one handed. Like I went to oftentimes I grabbed a crap ton of those wraps from Trader Joe's, those wrap sandwiches, and I threw them in my bag and and a granola bars and that's what I ate. And that's really handy because that's the best time for you to eat is in between panels or or in a long line to see a celebrity because you could be there for a while. Um, I have someone else on the line here, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm going to call them up and see who it is, and um, give me just a second, and welcome to Sexy Witches. You're on the air. Hey, now, what is up? A tremendous Tuesday evening to you, and the Sexy uh, Witches, like and Dr. Dr. Eric Polk. Hello. Hey, now. Hi, Eric. Hey, everybody. Nice to hear Talk. you. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be on. It feels kind of weird to be on the other end of the tin can string for a change, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we but, all uh, know you and love you, and we're glad you joined us, sir. Yeah, it's a it's a privilege uh, to be on the show tonight. Well, I'm gonna let Sean go before I get into you into Texas Frightmare. I mean, uh, uh, the wasteland. Sean, do you have any other things you want to say about Texas Frightmares and advice on cars before you go? Uh, plan. You know, if, if you've got somebody like a Clive Barker that is your absolute must-see, get there early, get in line early. Uh, you know, don't plan on seeing one of these big mega stars and show up on a Saturday at 1 o'clock and think you're going to get in line and, and get to meet them and get a signature. Um, yep. You know, just plan strategically with uh, what you what you have to do and, and what you want to do uh, because there's a lot going on. Like at Frightmare, there's different panels at different times, different viewings, different celebrities, photo ops. Uh, you can't do it all. Um Money-wise or time-wise, really. So just plan uh, and make the most of it and, and meet people. Uh, I've met so many incredible people at Frightmare that I probably would have never met 
otherwise, uh, we've got I've got great friends now that we look forward to meeting or seeing every year, and, and we even see them outside the cons. So have fun, plan, and uh, and hopefully we'll see some of you guys down in Texas one of these years. I would love to see you down there, and um, we'll see you in the madness. Sean is actually he's my alternate judge this year, so if I had extra people, he's agreed to take an extra team. So thank you for that, sir. So we'll definitely be talking to you in the future. Sounds good. Have a good night. Thanks, Sean. Good night. Thank you for yep. bye. Later, thank man. you for calling. Bye bye. I absolutely love when he calls. He's one of my favorite callers on this show or on yours, Eric. I love it when he calls yours, too. So uh, thanks, John, for that. And um, uh, Jenny, do you have any advice before we get into Cinema Wasteland? Because these two cons in a row we're about to talk about are close to each other. So do you have any advice for the lines? Because you're in a smaller con, but you still get lines. Well, and I've been to the bigger cons. I've been to Frightmare, and I've been to, you know, I've been to lots of the bigger ones. But, um, Sean brought up a good point about making friends, and my advice when you're in a line is be friendly. I've met so many people in line waiting for screenings, waiting for panels, waiting for all kinds. You exchange business cards, and you keep up with them on social media, and they become your buddies, and you look forward to seeing them at the next convention. So be friendly. Everybody there has a common, you all have a common goal and a common, you know, you already have a common interest, so make buddies. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, if you don't have someone you go with, absolutely make friends lie there. I 100% agree. Uh, I, I would, I love, and believe me, they all want to talk geek with you. Everyone, like someone just mentioned how their kids in law, I was in line for George Decay, and people were like, oh, I think my kids don't think Snape is sexy because his hair is too greasy. And I just turned up and said, greasy or not, Snape is sexy. Next thing you know, the entire line is going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. you can't have that. Unless you like get to be friends with people online. So, and speaking of friends online, uh, I want to bring in Mr. Eric Polk to this conversation. How are you doing, sir? I am doing tremendous. Speaking Great. of sexy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, really. Yes. Yeah, your girl is the sexiest. You know that. You're lucky to have her. So, um, <laughs> she's the ultimate yeah, tag- sexy witch like the rest of us. Yeah, my tag team partner, uh, Miss Ronnie Reaper. Who has? I've never seriously on a humorous note. I've never seen anybody obsessed with cosplay or a series of movies like my uh, friend Rhonda does with the child the child's play movies. I mean, she's I, got it. Yeah, yeah. She's I'm like, wow. And Did you, you know, see we're talking her new about, shipment of dolls. She got another I, shipment I of dolls. Yeah, she has. Dolls. I believe that makes it 188 yeah. now. I yeah. believe in her collection. And, and, and no, I want to point talking, out that her her room is about the size of my laptop. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah, exactly. She, she doesn't have a whole lot of room. And you know, you Brent, you mentioned uh, dressing up, you know, dressing up and being different. Well, Rhonda in the second uh, Cinema Wasteland, which uh, for those of you who are listening and who don't know what the hell Cinema Wasteland, it's a I want to say it's a smaller convention outside of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And and they now you're not going to get a whole like the bigger stars like you know a Doug Bradley or a Robert England or people like that, but you will get a uh, you will get some quality people there. Uh, this uh, past April we had Tom Savini there along with uh, the almost the entire cast of the Day of the Dead who were celebrating their 30th anniversary. Nice. Yeah, 
uh, and, and that was a tremendous time going to their Q and A session, and it was it, it was it was a, it was a, it was a very great time. But speaking of uh, Rhonda, she dressed up um, last October. They do sit in the wasteland twice a year, April and October. Last October, she dressed up as as Chucky, and it seemed like everybody was wanting won her picture with her. With her, including uh, the the person I wanted to see there last October, uh, Carolyn Monroe, one of my uh, Scream Queen crushes, and she was like, "Oh my goodness, you guys, that what a great outfit, you know, and everything." It was. I thought the thing you know, she looked great. Yeah, she yeah she looked she looked, looked absolutely fantastic. Dude, I want to be there someday. Oh my god. I want to meet her someday and have her do her Amanda cosplay, and then I do my Billy. Oh, oh, amazing. oh my God! Yeah, that that would that would that would be awesome for sure. You know, she yeah. could still rock her Star Crash costume if she wanted to. She is such mm-hmm. an amazing woman, and she's a full package. And she's also super approachable because during the Wasteland and you monumental meeting, she actually recorded something for us in my Madness contest on Facebook, and she oh, yes. to do it. And and she was and and that was absolutely awesome. Jenny also had a, a guy a cosplay. What is I forget his name, but he cosplays as a Dalek, and he also did it for me last year too. And that was great. I think that's one of the positive things about the smaller cons, because the bigger cons are awesome. But like when I met Bill Shatner, I fist bumped him, had about thirty seconds to a minute with him. He was about to go to a photo shoot. But I did fist bump him, and he did look through my mother's original script. So I had a few minutes with him. But it's still Bill Shatner, and he's kind of like, oh, this pistol. You know, you can't approach him, you know. But, like, Carolyn Monroe or Dee Wallace, who's going to be at Scares That Cares this July, who I can't wait to meet, you know, and, and of course, Sid Haig is a regular at these things. Very approachable people, and they they love talking to their fans, and they appreciate their fans, and they're not just doing it for the money. And believe me, they make a lot of money at these things. <laughs> I don't think they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, you start thinking that people are dropping twenty to fifty bucks a pop on a, on an autograph, and you start thinking, well, they're probably signing about fifteen twenty autographs an hour if they're talking. Wow, it's mm-hmm. to talk about lots of money. So there's a monetary thing, but at the same time, it's really neat with the smaller cons that way that you get to talk to the people and you get to be a little bit more intimate with them. And I know all of you might agree that sometimes the best part of a con is at the bar after the first day. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, for sure um, on that one. Mm-hmm. So do you have any – let me – Eric, and I know James has stories because James' friends are crazy – but, um, Eric, do you have any good stories about geeking out, like having a beer or someone at one of these cons and realizing, hey, uh, I'm hanging back next to Stuart Gordon or something? That's what happened to me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do, actually. Uh, speaking of uh, Carol Monroe, who, uh, yeah, she's she's like one of my uh, Scream Queen crushes. And when I found out she was coming to October, coming to last October, so no waste, I basically almost hyperventilated. So, um after uh, we met another, uh, after talking to another person, Tom Sullivan, you know, special effects for Evil Dead, very nice guy, by the way, if you've never uh, spoken to him in person, he ha- at the uh, Cinema Wasteland, he has, like, a whole room devoted to, like, his art, his artwork and everything, so I would definitely recommend if you get a chance to meet him, do so. But after I met, after talking with Tom Sullivan, we went to uh, meet Carol Monroe. This was me and Rhonda, and I have, I have, uh, like, I, like I have talked to professional wrestlers, I have interviewed act, 
actors. I've interviewed directors. I interviewed. I even got to interview uh, the guy who inspired me to, to do my own show, Blade Braxton. And I never, I've never geeked out. I was totally professional with them. And then we come to mm-hmm. Carol Monroe, and my my I, my brain turned twelve years old again. I was like, my mouth was, my mouth had dropped. I'm saying, oh my god, my mouth dropped. And all, I, and all I could say to her was, um, I love what you did in Slaughter High with your how you uh, made your American accents. That's all I could come up come up with. You know, <laughs> that was it. That was it. I. And she goes, oh, well, thank you. We worked very hard on that. And, yeah, that was my um, that was my big uh, geek out moment. Now, uh, if you talk to Rhonda, hers was when Lloyd Kaufman uh, came last April, and uh, she, um, he walked past her, and she was a little um, tipsy. And she goes, oh, my God, Lloyd Kaufman breathed on me. <laughs> you know, so you, yeah, so those were. I, I think um, that's a goal most of us could actually achieve is to get like Kaufman to breathe on us. But I can understand her geekiness. Yeah, she kind of like. Yeah, she kind of like. In my experience, when Lloyd Kaufman is in the room and there are females, and the females happen to have boobs attached to them, Lloyd Kaufman is on them. So that's. Yeah. that's oh, yeah. 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 oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have boobs. As a, as a man, I have boobs, and he wasn't interested though. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but. So, yeah, but like I said, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, no, it's just, just rehashing what I said about Kevin Monroe. It was probably the best moment I had talking to a celebrity and also the worst moment I had talking to a celebrity because <laughs> I couldn't, my brain couldn't move at all that I, night. I think but. there's always, I, I think all of us try because all of us, are, you know, James has got his stuff and I've got my thing and Eric, you have yours. And even Jenny, she's a producer and comedians got our, we all have this slight touch on media. So we always try to give ourselves a little bit of composure. I'm going to start with uh, with Jenny and ask her, is there one celebrity like Kellen Monroe that made you geek out so much that you couldn't you couldn't maintain your professional persona and, and it was totally a geekerific moment? Um, I, I have a problem. I geek out over everybody. Um, <laughs> So, which they find really funny, like, even the most, like, indie directors, like, I interviewed, um, gosh, I can't remember, Will Cannon, that's his name, from, uh, he directed this little bitty independent film, Brotherhood, and I interviewed him at uh, the Dallas International Film Festival with his cast of, like, four guys, and I was, like, so nervous and geeked out over, I mean, it was ridiculous, and they just laughed, and they thought it was hilarious, and... I mean, I geek out over every single person. It's very, very. You, I, I can't help myself. Well, That's I awesome. kind of geek out as well a little bit, but I try to stay professional. Like the Twisted Twins, uh, I was geeking out a little bit because they were the first people I talked to, and I hadn't got my, you know, my strength up yet, you know. <laughs> so I was a little vulnerable, and I'm just like, hi, I love you guys, you know. But then once I got my card, I, I put my professional face on, and I was, you know, even though I had makeup on, it still, it still worked. Um, but the worst oh, was Clyde Parker. Clyde Parker was he, the worst. He made me cry. <laughs> he made me fucking cry. Because when I sat down with him, I gave him, like, the silly little zine. I was really young at the time, and I made zines back then. And, you know, I gave him the zine that I made, and he thought it was great. And he was like, oh, would you sign it for me? And I'm just like, ah! 
<laughs> so I'm signing a thing for him that I made him, and then he signs my book, and we have this moment, and I'm just like, <laughs> and I walk away, I'm like, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry, no, no, I'm not going to cry in front of him, and then I start crying. <laughs> so that was Aww. Awesome. Damn you, hot <laughs> what about you, James? What what was your 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 total like peak out uh you know blow it moment? This can't yeah. Uh, you know I really have two, and one of them is really easy. It's uh, PJ Souls because I had a crush on her when I was a kid, and I walked in there, and I was like I kind of melted as the line approached. There were people that were like very into her and very like they're like I've met her so many times. She went from like this is the first time I've ever met her, and they're like oh she's really nice. And then I got there like. I cannot open my mouth and I can't say anything other than I really like what you've done or something like that. Something so generic that is like, man, I had things I wanted to say and none of that came out at all. And uh, so that was, that was kind of one of those star struck completely, um, you know, just, just a football. absolutely a football? overcome. Right. Hmm? <laughs> What's yeah. the football? And then the, the other, yeah. the other one was, uh, was, um, was, a. Uh, there was the Italian, it was like, what was it, the Italian invasion at Schiller Theater. And I walk into a room with my brother-in-law's brother, who is David Zuzello, who is, uh, he does a Cine Sludge podcast. He's an amazing writer. And I walk in there with him and our buddy Mike and, and you know, his brother, and we're all in there. And these guys have, you know, been around forever and been writing about these guys and meeting them and interviewing all these, you know, famous Italian filmmakers. So he walks right into you know, Lamberto Bava and uh, Goretta Goretta, and it's it's like everybody. It's like Claudio Simonetti's there, and who else was there? It was like it was like your demons reunion right there, and suddenly, yeah. and Bobby Rhodes was there, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then I, I I remember walking through and shaking everyone's hand and meeting them and being very nice, and I didn't get a single damn autograph. <laughs> I just walked out. I was like, wow. <laughs> I met Claudio Simonetti, and I have not met any. I did. I didn't even get him to sign anything. I was like, I probably should re- re- rectify that, and I just didn't. I was so embarrassed. Well, I can understand geeking out about Claudio Simonetti. I, I barely knew Goblin as an existence until like a few years ago. But just being in his presence and watching him play was like like the most mind blowing thing I've seen in the ages. I mean, his music is good on the on the uh, you know when you listen to the various soundtrack. Way different in person. <laughs> it was like watching Rock God in front of you. I can see you know on that. Now, Eric, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, but before you right. go, I want you to plug your show and what you're having on this week. And I want you to get any any last advice you have about uh, visiting a regional size con like Cinema Wasteland, who has really good solid guests, but hasn't quite exploded as big as some of the others. Okay. Well, as far as uh, the uh, advice goes, um, the th- the thing. I mean, there's gonna be, you know, we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there to have fun, you know. No, we're not gonna, you're not gonna see the big celebrities, but the point is, is just to go and meet people, have fun. This is for, you know, like this is for like more, the hardcore horror audience. You're gonna have a good time. I mean, the people who, you know, the actors and the actresses have been super nice. I don't have a bad story to say about any one of them, and the atmosphere is fantastic. Now, um, this week on Dollar Ben Horror Radio, which is a show I do every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, Matt, the drawing of the three, a.k.a. the uh, three cool. 
uh, the third horror movie in a fran- you know, third horror movie in a series that it usually nine times out of ten it either makes the series or it breaks the series. So definitely uh, look forward to that. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. It's at DBH Radio. And uh, looking forward to having everybody uh, listening Thursday night. Liz, as always, thanks for having me on. Sexy Witches, Dr. Terror, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Good night now. Good night now, Eric. We'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) Well, it's always a pleasure when Eric's cult calls in, and I hope he does more so in the future. I can actually, okay. Um, we were supposed to have another comment come in uh, about uh, what it's like to go to a corporate con, but so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because one of the things about cons is you get as much as you pay for. And what I mean, it doesn't mean if the con is small like Jenny's and you pay $20 for a day or you, or you pay for the VIP pass. An awesome con, which could have gone up as high as $342 if you were trying to get a photo with Bill Shatner, which is absolutely insane amount of money. Uh, you know, but there's, it, but you have to use your ticket. And what it means is that you need to go to things, not just stand in line all day to sign your favorite person. If you do, like Queenie says, plan. But panels, panels are one of those things that people often miss with their at the cons, and often I find them the most rewarding things. And and often find was I went to panels the entire Saturday. I did only one celebrity signature. I got George Dakis during the. Uh, in the morning, because I had the VIP pass, so I did half an hour thing. But I went to the panels the other day, all through it, and it was so much fun. I saw the Starship Troopers panel, I saw the Lord of the Rings panel, and and then I saw all the voice actors doing wonderful things. Whoa, we have two callers on the lines, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, should we see which one they are? Let's start with the person in the 714 area code. Hello, you're on with the sexy witches. I was calling in to defend corporate shows, big corporate shows. This is Aaron. Hi. Ah, this is my LA correspondent, Eric Cody, and he's also my cousin. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. I am in my garage putting away Disney pins and listening to the show. And I overheard that you had someone who was supposed to be on to talk about, well, of course, uh, you were supposed to have someone on to talk about big corporate shows. And I am a lifelong Comic-Con, the big San Diego International Comic-Con goer. So I was going to call in and give my two cents. Well, let me bring in, I think also Devin's on the line, too. So go ahead and give your two cents. I'm going to bring him on. Hello. Is this Devin? Uh, You're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello? Hello. Hello. You're on with the Sexy Witches. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't think they're there. So, Aaron, go ahead. If they want, they can yep. call back. Um, go ahead. Hopefully they'll call back. I was back. not necessarily dissing them, but I was just saying, what is it like? Well, how does it compare to the big corporate cons like San Diego Comic Con or Fan Expo which or Wizard World, which are these conglomerates? Matter of fact, even Crypticon is, is actually a conglomerate entertainment group. So there's actually companies that throw these things all around the country. So what makes those stand out compared to other, like the more smaller regional cons? Yeah, and, and not just around the country. You've got uh, Star Wars uh, Celebration, which is international, uh, the next one being in 
England, the one previous to uh, this year's in Anaheim, which I attended, uh, before that was in Germany. So that's all over the place. But, yeah, the, it, it's changed, of course, but you, that experience that you and your guests were talking about, about bumping into someone and having a great experience with them, uh, for, for me, it was uh, John Landis, who was uh, <laughs> right in the, the same booth where I was looking at comic books and videotapes, and he had a new series, or a then-new series coming out, Masters of Horror. And we got to chat about that briefly and uh, told him how much I liked this stuff. And that kind of experience is uh, getting rarer as the big conventions get even bigger. But th- that's still there. Um, let me see. All right. Hello, sir. Are you on now? Yeah, this is Joe Ripple. Joe, it's you. Hi. Well, um, Hi. Aaron, uh, I'm going to... Put you, I mean, stay, if you would stay on the line for a minute, I want to go to our guest. Um, Mrs. Guy is a great, doing us a great favor, and I really thank you for being on. This is Joe Ripple. He was the founder, I believe, of Horror Find here in Hunts Valley, Maryland, and he also was is now the founder and promoter of Scares That Cares, the nonprofit organization, and the Scares That Care Weekend. So welcome to the Sexy Witches, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Just to clarify, I was not not the founder or the promoter of Horrifying Weekend. I was, however, the head of security for a number of years for that show. Um, okay, thank so, you. So Scares the Care is a separate entity uh, from the Horrifying Weekend convention. So can you talk a little bit about um, Scares the Care and the nonprofit? Because one of the things that's different about the, all the other cons we've been talking about right now, we were just talking about San Diego Comic-Con and Fan Expo and Wizard World, mm-hmm. which are rather large entertainment groups. You, on the other hand, have Scares the Care is a nonprofit organization, horror con, and one of the most unique horror cons that way in the whole country. So can you talk a little bit about your organization and how it evolved into this weekend event? Well, sure. Scares the Care was founded back in 2006. Um, for your listeners, uh, should be noted I'm a retired police officer. And at the time I was on the job, and a friend of mine, my partner actually, had a three-year-old daughter who contracted a brain tumor that was inoperable. She passed shortly after she turned four years old. And I was one of the pallbearers at her funeral, and it just was absolutely devastating to the family as it would be to any family. And I thought if there was a way that I could ever do something to give back to people that need it, I would do it. But from working at Horrifying and seeing how kind and generous the horror community was, um, I put two and two together and came up with Scares the Care. As a natural progression, we attended several conventions around the country, um, along with, you know, attending at Horrifying. And it's just a natural progression for us to migrate into doing our own show. And we're actually doing our second convention uh, this coming July. Uh, Last year, I I had the honor of going for a couple of days. And one of the highlights of last year was you, sir, walking around with this ginormous pink bra as we were all (laughs) stuffing money into it to pay for uh, uh, a my friend, Aaron, has actually been the one who graciously has donated this year's bra to you. So can you tell us yes. a little bit about 
some of the uh, more unusual ways that you fundraise. It's not just about the signatures and the celebrities, so you always have a nice solid lit guest list going on. But there's a lot of little mini fundraisers all through it and little contests and auctions, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that as well. What makes you, it makes you a little bit different than the rest of the horror cons because it's not just about going there to the nostalgia. We actually are in a common goal of helping fight real monsters, as you say. Right. Well, the, the, the premise behind the charity was I did some research, and I found that there was not really an avenue for horror fans to give back if they choose to do so. Um, they didn't have their own kind of charity. So that was a way that I said, let's let's do this, let's do this not only for the people that we want to help, but for the horror fans as well, something that they can get behind and support if they choose to do so. If they want to donate to a different charity, that's fine, that's fantastic. Anytime anybody gives back to anyone, you know, we're always very grateful for that. Um, but part of the charity was I didn't want it to be me just sticking my hand out and saying, hey, can you give me $5 we're collecting for this family? I wanted it to be something where people could donate and get a shot glass or donate and get a T-shirt or well, we do our online donation days through Facebook and people have a chance to win some pretty cool autographed merchandise and props and things like that just for donating 5 bucks. And doing that, we've been able to kind of really get our name out there. We, our Facebook page is... Um, 105,000 fans now, which we're, you know, very grateful for. And it's just, it's, I just wanted to be respectful of the people that were donating and allow them to either get something or attempt to get something for their donation because money's tight these days. And, you know, to to try to run a charity, especially when the when the housing market dropped out in 2008, I mean, it, it was really, really tough. So, um, yeah, the pink bra, that that's that's an homage. We we select three families each year, one uh that has a very sick or terminally ill child, uh, a child that's been severely burned in our partnership with Kane Hodder. And as I grew up in the eighties, you couldn't go see a horror movie in the eighties without seeing a topless woman running across the screen. So we uh we select a lady who's fighting breast cancer and we donate to her as well. So and that's the reason for the bra. That's wonderful, and uh, we love everything you do, and thank you for doing this. It makes me honored to go to something knowing that there's actually going to be a lot of give back. Even though I do appreciate a good con and a good nostalgia fest, it's sometimes really knowing that your nostalgia is being put towards a good cause. Now, you've been in cons of security. You've been in cons as a promoter, and to the ordinary con visitor, what would what would your advice be to survive a really busy con day, for example? Um, I think I think conventions run into a problem where look, let's be honest. People don't mind waiting if they want to be able to meet a celebrity. What people can't stand is disorganization, and I think that as long as you let people know what's going on they're fine waiting in line as long as they know what's happening. Um, and that's been the biggest thing I see. People, you know, if they're at a, a show and it's really not uh, well organized, people are saying, you know, you know, somebody just tell me what's going on. You know, you can see the complaints on Facebook just like everybody else can. 
And it's just a matter of making sure that, you know, you are patient, you are aware of what's going on. If there's somebody you really want to meet, make sure you get there early. Um, try not to be hungover from the night before because that just makes your weight that just makes your weight a little bit less bearable. Um, and just be kind and be patient. I mean, especially if it's a big name guest. Uh, with our show, we we purposely did not um, try to bring in any big name guests, any super big names, because invariably what happens is if you have a show and you have four or five, let's call them headliners, uh, everybody's waiting in line. Nobody's spending any money in the vendors' room, so the vendors aren't happy. The other celebrities aren't making money because everybody else is in, you know, this other celebrity's line, so they're not happy. And it's just, you know, it's just you have to be able to properly manage the convention so that everybody is satisfied by going there and appearing there. Is there anybody that you, sir, I know that because you are the man of composure, You, but you, there has to be one or two people that you've met over your career that really sent you into geek mode. Can you, do you have anybody like that? All of us have been sharing our geek stories where we just could not handle ourselves in the fan, even though we all try to pretend like we're very, you know, stir, you know stout and, and professional. Is there anybody like that that did that to you? Um. I, I had a similar question asked on a different podcast about a week or so ago. And from being a police officer and a police detective, especially doing the security aspect of it, you know, there are a lot of celebrities that you come in and you basically I was asked, you know, was there any one celebrity that you, that you really wanted to go gaga over? And, you know, when you're doing that type of function, you can't allow yourself to become enamored with one particular celebrity because if you do, then you would potentially, you know, not pay attention to what's going on with the other celebrities and could create a problem. So I think for me, one person who I would really like to meet, um, not necessarily in the horror genre, um, is Gary Oldman. I'd really like to meet him. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Tim Curry, um, you know, everybody's seen the images by now on Facebook and things like that of his appearance. At the Tony Awards, I'd love to meet him, um, and I, I really just think it's 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 it would be an honor just to sit down and chat with him a bit, as opposed to um, you know getting worked up about you know meeting them and getting an autograph because you know it's it's I guess I'm a little bit different because you've been been in these kinds of situations so many times, um, you know high stress situations that it really doesn't phase you that much. But I think those two gentlemen are, are actors that I would really like to meet. And we've got Piper Laurie coming to our show who's worked with, you know, all of the big name actors in Hollywood, you know, 40s and 50s and things like that. So just to be able to listen to her tell a few stories, I think is going to be a, is going to be a real treat. Well, that is wonderful. Once again, thank you for calling. Which, um, before I let you go, would you like to talk about the auctions that are closing on eBay if you're attending Scares at Cares? And by the way, Scares at Cares is in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, you can go to their Facebook page, like you said, or to their website. Google comes right up. Is there, um, but there's three auctions involved, and once again, the money goes to charity. Uh, talk about that, and then thank you for coming, sir. Oh, sure, sure. And if I can preface my uh, talk about the auctions by just saying that um, Scares the Care is an all-volunteer organization. 
um, our leadership and our members, we accept no salaries and no paychecks for what we do. So after we pay the hotel bills and things like that, all the money that's left over goes to families in need. So we have our three families selected for this year. And the auctions, um, we have a costume contest. So we're auctioning off a chance to sit with the celebrities and help judge the costume contest, which will be on Saturday night. And then uh, late Saturday afternoon, we're having a Makeup Wars master class between uh, face-off contestants Roy Woolley and R.J. Hattie, who are both on the face-off series. And we have each one of their makeup chairs uh, open for an opportunity for a fan to be made up by one of these two fantastic makeup artists. So I just want to tell you that real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt there, but I wanted to let you know that Jenny and Queenie and myself are both huge fans of Face Off. Uh, and Jenny's from West Virginia, so she loves RJ. And Roy, is he's our hero, just so you know. Yeah, sorry and, to and they're both, that's okay, they're both super nice guys. And they they they, they really become very, very friendly um, to, to, the, to the convention and, and to the, uh, on the last year, you were there, uh, RJ dressed up as Dumbledore, and um, she did a fantastic job, and he's sitting there sweating in all of these robes and all this makeup, and I, I ran and got a wet towel and put it behind his neck, and he, he uttered something to me which I cannot share with anybody, but uh, let's just say that it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty comical, and uh, we got a good laugh out of it. So really good guys, they and, and all the celebrities that are going to be there, um, you know, they know what they're coming for. And what their what their what the reason is? There, everybody wants to be there to 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 you know just give back and help somebody else that, that might not be as fortunate as them. So we're grateful for that. Well, thank you again. I keep thanking you because I'm a little new at this radio thing, so sometimes I repeat myself. But really, thank you again, and I will see you in July, and we will have a follow up and see how everything is going, and um, you will. Uh, keep fighting the good fight, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on with you. Oh, thank you. So that was uh, Joe Ripple from uh, Scares That Care. And thank you for calling. And, and thank you, Aaron, for being so patient. So, of course. And the rest of you guys, too. But I really wanted to make sure I got him in because even though I like love all cause, big and small, the idea of a Non-for-profit has always been very appealing to me, and so I wanted to make sure that Joe got his word out about his Horicon. And it's a really good one, and Dee Wallace and Piper Laurie are going to be there. Uh, Dean Sid Haig, Dean Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder is actually really awesome. And, uh, you know, it, it was just so much fun, and it's a little bit more laid back than some of the other cons where you're constantly, things are happening all the time. Woo-woo-woo. But, um, but it, it was. is great. It, Yes, sir. Uh, so I, uh, I, my you day job go, is right? I underwrite. No, no, no. And my day job is I underwrite nonprofit insurance for small uh-huh. organizations, and I have a yep. scarce, uh, scarce that care mug on my desk so that I can always talk about the co- connection between my nightlife and my my day job, so that people know that it's a thing that's out there. See, horror cool. bringing people together. That's just how it works. Thank you, and thank you for being patient. And 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 Aaron, before I let you go, because I need to do community calendar. And um, do you have any suggestions for doing a con like San Diego, like Fan Expo, uh, that uh, that would you know? Because you have to really 
those ones, there's a lot of hurry up and wait, especially if you go like to exhibit hall H. Is that right? Or no, that was my exhibit hall. Hall H. Yours is exhibit hall H. It is hall H. Yeah. Yeah, so in fact, there's a your... very popular meme with uh, uh, Sean from uh, Lord of the Rings saying, one does not simply walk into hall H because it's the truth. It's now a, a, a day camp if you're lucky. Sometimes it's a, a nighttime camp out overnight for Hall H, depending on what you want to see there. Uh, a few years back, it started to become more and more Hollywood. Uh, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger come down. We had Angelina Jolie come down. And it's just been big Hollywood ever since. Um, I, I love what one of your guests said about talk to the people around you in line. Can't say that enough. By all means, talk to them. Uh, we're all one big geek family, right? So the more you're talking, the more you're enjoying what they're up to, you can find out other things that are going on at the con as well. And if I had one single piece of advice for the big cons, it would be give yourself a little free time and be open to just following where your nose leads you because you never know what fun thing you're going to fall into. Uh, they are really well-regimented planned events. It's literally 24 hours a day from when preview night starts on Wednesday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's always uh, a room somewhere with anime playing or films or games or whatever. But set yourself a little time to just discover what's going on around the con. And especially with San Diego, there's so much now happening outside the con, you have to give yourself time to enjoy that. Well, thank you for coming on, and we're going to have you on again the week before on our special blog fest episode, which also happens the same week, but I want you to call in again and give us a preview of what your San Diego Comic-Con is going to be like, sir. Absolutely will. All right, well, let's talk to you later. That was my L.A. Com- uh, correspondent, Eric Kogan. Uh, Kogan. Thank you for calling the Sexy Witches. And, Thanks, Uncle uh, Albert. We're back down. And, and thank you again, everybody. And we're back to James, Queenie, and Jenny, and this is the uh, Sexy Witches. We're going to say uh, any final advice or want things you want to say as you've been sitting there so patiently, ladies and gentlemen, about cons before we go into the community calendar. I uh, wanted to interject something. Um, in November, we're going to be having a con for our magazine, Living Dead. So it's going to be in Portland, and it's going to be great. And I just wanted to pimp that out real quick. So look for livingdeadcon.com. Um, yeah, I'm really excited because, you know, we have, like, a lot of Cthulhu stuff going on in Portland, but this will be, like, horror-centric. And my boss cool. is so what's, fabulous. So. What's the date on that again? Um, I don't know the date <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but I know it's in November. <laughs> oh man, I fail at pimping things. But um, just look for LivingDeadCon.com. You know, or on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, it's in November sometime. I'm sorry, I fail at the dates. But yeah, hey, pimping it out. Um, is it the dates there, honey? Oh, my husband loves me. 
Martin to go to and see if he can call in. He's a uh, uh, guts and grog out of Portland, so we'll be looking forward to that. What about you, James? Before, uh, what about you and Jenny? Do you have any final thoughts or, or comments you want to make about cons? Yeah, support the vendors always. Uh, just be there, and uh, because honestly, over the years, somehow being there and just making that one purchase of that one little thing has made so many friends and so many, the conversation just is fluid. If you're not as social at times in in groups of people and you can't just start the conversation on a line, if you start talking to somebody about something you're going to buy, chances are good that conversation is going to go somewhere else and you're going to get to, you know, be friends with House of Mysterious Secrets, you know, Kevin Miller for years or, or be friends with the Diabolic DVD guys, you know, at, at, you know Jesse and Joe, and it's, it's, you get to really learn something about people, and then you get to have other opportunities outside of the con, and that's, those guys are always there, and you'll always see them, too. You, know, you have a lot of recurring vendors, so those are the, the really strong friendships that can kind of endure, I think, when, uh, you know, that they can, and they can actually help you form new relationships with other con members, because then you'll just pick up the conversation. It's just an easy way to, you know, if you're not always a social, to kind of bridge that gap. Uh, I often say, and do hang out in the evening uh, at some of the after events because that's one time that often that the, everyone's mingling together, celebrities, vendors, and fans, and you can actually make some pretty amazing relationships in the evenings. You know, yeah, like Joe says, be careful about hangovers because, as you know, horror fans especially can't stop help themselves when it comes to drink sometimes. But uh, you know, but it's still it's all part of the experience and. Jenny, uh, one final thing. Do you have one final comment you would like to make? And then we're going to go right into community calendar. James, are you going to stay on for the calendar, or do you have to go? Because I know you have your own podcast. I actually do have to get going. Actually, my my little baby just woke up, so it's perfect timing. Thank you so much for Aww. having me on. It's it's always great. Love you guys. Aww. Aww. Give my love to your evil genius. I will. I will. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, James. And All right, bye. Thank Thanks, you, James, guys. for calling. And uh, that was James Harris of Doctor um, and Horror Sexy. He is one of my favorite people on the web, very knowledgeable. Uh, he has a bunch of stuff coming up. He has a podcast he's recording right after this one. And please go to Horror Sexy and see, check out his new fa- uh, web page because it's pretty awesome. Jenny, one final thing. Do you have – I keep going back. Do you have any final comments you would like to interject? Um, I think the only thing would be to, like you said, go to the panels and go to the screenings, and especially the ones that um, that aren't as popular, go to those because then you'll get to meet some cool people and it'll be less crowded and, you know, you can meet, you know, filmmakers, makeup artists, you can meet all kinds of people and it's just, it's really fun because then you'll be, you know, you know you'll be the person that went to their panel and supported them and they were nervous and it's just it's fun to go to the things that are are less buzzworthy I guess I did that and I have advice for that because the one downside to doing cons is there's not a lot of clocks because you're in convention spaces and there's no clocks anywhere and sometimes you can miss panels if you're in a line so what I recommend is if you have a smartphone a lot of 
Cons actually have an app that can help you schedule your day, but I just set alarms. And when alarm goes off about 10 minutes before a panel, I would go and I would go get in line if I knew it wasn't going to be a huge panel. So do do that. Organize yourself in planning, like Winnie said, I think is paramount to attacking a con of any size. So, uh, you know, that was I a really nice watch. conversation. Oh, it's all good. And I will, good luck on your con, Queenie. I'm looking forward to it in November. Thank you. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, let's go into community calendar. We've got a few things to talk about, and then we're done for the day. Sexy Witches, wonderful conversation. Once again, I want to thank our callers, Sean Shallon, Eric Polk, Joe Ripple, and Aaron Kogan for calling in and giving us a little rundown of what it's like to be in a con in their part of the world. And let's talk about what our favorite things are in the next week here on the Sexy Witches. And let me turn on my community calendar music. Well, maybe not. There we go. Got to put on creepy community calendar music. Okay. First things first, I wanted to let you guys know that today is International Archives Day. So give yourself a couple of snaps because we are archivists set on sexy witches. So woohoo to me. <laughs> so. I, um, I don't know what you actually give an archivist on Archives Day. I just kind of found that out. And I'm like, well, that's nice. And we had some programs at work. But, uh, you know, just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, so uh, I do accept presents of any kind and shape. Well, and and uh, donations <laughs> to charity on my behalf. So please do so. Um, a couple of crowdsourcing tips for this week. One is a man named Adam Nimoy. You might not know his name, but I bet you guys know who his father is. Adam Nimoy. Nimoy. I guess. <laughs> what do you think? It's Leonard Nimoy. Leonard yeah. Nimoy. Uh, he, yes, Leonard Nimoy spots himself. His son has launched a Kickstarter campaign to produce a documentary about his father. There's about 22 days left, and he's only about a third towards their goal. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't always plug celebrity uh, Kickstarter campaigns, but. Spock is one of my favorite characters of all time. Matter of fact, they just named an asteroid after him in the asteroid belt recently that was just discovered. So, awesome. you know, we, he's very, very influential character. People that saw him actually became real astronauts. So it's really neat to, I would love to see this documentary happen because man, it was very, very interesting in his career and in his personal life. So. And, of course, we'll need an update from Jenny and her own campaign for her film. So what, how, is, how is that going for you? Um, it's really slow right now, but we expected it to be slow because we kept it open for two months. We're trying to raise $10,000 to make this documentary film. It's called Journey to Reformation, and it is going to follow my husband's personal journey as he went from becoming an atheist to becoming a Christian and feeling like he's been led to go into the ministry. So we want to answer a lot of questions about Christianity and something that we hope that even like skeptics can, can watch and appreciate and possibly just gain some information that is not so mean-spirited like you see on the Internet, you know, um, because there's a lot of that going on. Um, but we, we need to raise some money so that we can travel and interview some experts in the field um, and we're trying to get some creative ideas about other ways to fundraise other than we've got the Indiegogo campaign, um, which we prefer over Kickstarter, just the platform. So 
we, we don't have a lot. Our actual, our very first donator, I forgot to give him a shout-out the last show, was Chris Qualls, who was on my Madness team last year, and he was our very first person to donate. So thank you, Chris, for donating to our little film and trying to get it off the ground. So Steve and horror people can appreciate what we're trying to do here, and we're trying to appeal to as as many people as we possibly can, which is kind of tough to do with the subject matter, but, you know. Well, that's awesome to hear, and I hope it's for the best, and we'll talk about it next next time we're on the show, too, and see how you're doing. So awesome. we'll check back in with you. So congratulations. Now, uh, we'll go on to theater picks. There's two this week. Of course, everyone's going to go see Jurassic World, and I'm not necessarily saying don't see that, because, well, it's got Chris Pratt riding a motorcycle with motherfucking raptors, okay? I get it. But there's actually two smaller films I wanted to point out that are coming to the theaters. One of them is a really cute little film. It's called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And it's a coming-of-age Sundance film about two kids who decide to make a film, and they fall in love with this girl who happens to have cancer. Uh, it is. It sounds heavy, but it's really not. It's very lighthearted, and it's a coming-of-age story. Highly recommend it. Huge hit at Sundance. So... Uh, definitely look for me and Earl and the Dying Girl. The other one is Elijah Wood, and as you know, Sexy Witches, Elijah Wood has had one of the most interesting careers since since Lord of the Rings. He's been doing a lot of great independent films. One of his best ones was Maniac Remake a couple of years ago. Absolutely great. Uh, he's got another one of these films called Set Fire to the Stars, and he is playing John Malcolm Brennan, who is a real-life person who brought the academic Dylan Thomas to America. And it's about that time period. So it's based on a true story. And, you know, I don't know a lot about this film other than the premise, and it's got a pretty solid director. But if Elijah is attached to it, and the subject matter alone makes me totally interested. So go see Set Fire to the Stars if you have an indie house near you. So... Uh, instant watch pick of the week, and it was an Oscar nominee. It was Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Renee Russo, and Bill Paxton. It's on Netflix, and uh, it's actually one of the better films of 2014. So definitely check that out. And uh, Queenie, this will make you happy. Oh, you ready? I yes, am. on Hulu. They just dropped for free if you have Hulu. All Seinfeld. Really? The whole, yes. <laughs> I'm not a Seinfeld fan, but I know people who are. And if you like Seinfeld and you have a Hulu account, you now can watch every single episode until your head blows up. Wow. <laughs> now, are you? I'm not Danny, really are you a Seinfeld fan? I'm not really. <laughs> no. It, it, it yeah, Danny, moment, but, like. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a fan either, but I know there's a, but we cover all fandom on Sexy Witches. So I wanted to make sure that it was it was it was mentioned. Jenny, do you like Seinfeld? Ah, uh, it's okay. I can take it or leave it. The Seinfeld may not be for us, but listeners, if you're into Seinfeld, there you go. All right, now we hope we don't lose friends because of this. Um DVD release. Two awesome DVD release. One is so far the best film, one of the best films of 2015, and it's Colin Furrow and Kingman. Kingman was a fun little 
P.I. film that came out, a couple of uh, English P.I. stuck up all over the top action, very violent, actually. Uh, so definitely check out Kingman. But the real thing I wanted to mention is that I was just watching it right before I came on the broadcast, uh, Shop Factory, who ends up being one of my favorite small batch release Blu-ray companies, uh, just released the Enchanted Edition cut of The Last Unicorn from 1982. Uh, the Enchanted Edition was edited with the supervision of Peter S. Beagle, the author of the book himself, and he'd been on tour the last year or so, going to Alamo Draft Houses, lots of indie houses with the cut in a Q&A, which I missed when it was here. <clears throat> but uh, it's absolutely, as soon as Shout Factory said they were releasing that cut, I bought it sight on scene. Uh, it came with the poster. I think there's still a few posters available. Um, they had 50 last time I asked them about it. And uh, so if you have a little change, it's not too expensive, get the last unicorn. It has uh, Q&As from Peter S. Beagle and a brand new commentary as well. So check that out. Okay, well, we can't go on the community calendar while talking about conventions, can we? We've been talking about conventions all episode. We have to have a convention pick of the week, and that would be Wizard World Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, boy, Iowa. But they got a good one this year. And um, it's got Bill Shatner, Robert England, Billy D. Williams, Elvira, Lou Ferrigno, just just to name a few of the, the media fan, media uh, celebrities that are going to be there. So if I was in Iowa, it probably would be where I'd be this weekend. I'm sure you guys would be too. So Absolutely. sounds like a good list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm not going to be there this weekend because I am going to see this guy on Friday. this Friday, and this is for some problems, and, and yes, I can't wait. The whole family is going. Grandparents, <laughs> my daughter, me. We're all going to see Rudolph Yankovic. It's a bucket list item, and as you know, this was Mandatory Fun was his largest album to date. So it's right at the height of this new resurgence which he seems to do every few years. He seems to reinvent himself. So I can't wait. I'm so excited. So, That's fabulous. Uh, yeah. Now, last but not least, I wanted to reiterate the auctions for Scares That Care, because that's my other choice. But they have the three auctions, plus they also have a fundraiser right now. Um, the auctions end tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, there's three of them. One is for a seat as a judge on their costume contest. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the lead is called Ken Foray, uh, Dawn of the Dead was the host last year. It was so cute. My daughter actually attended the costume contest, and it was so cute to watch her walk around with Ken. He's this huge, huge dude, and my daughter's little, little, little. It was really cute. And there's, I can post photos later on my Facebook page. Um, the options are also to be in the seat of either R.J. Haddon or Roy Wilkes face-off as they do a makeup war against each other, and that's the other two options. So you can either be on the costume contest or you can get your makeup done. And right now they're actually reasonable. The costume contest is about 99 bucks an auction right now, and the, uh, the, the, the seats are about 50 bucks. So if you've got a, a little bit of money, you might be able to sneak in there, and 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So uh, that's pretty awesome. They also have the five dollars for people who can't afford that. They have um, till on June 19th a smaller auction. It's really just a donation. If you put five bucks in, it throws your name into a pot to win a bunch of cool autograph prizes, and that also goes to charity. So whether you have 50 bucks or you have five bucks, 
there's a way to donate to Scares That Care, and it's fighting real monsters. So we, we want to say once again thank you to Joe Whipple, and I want to make sure I reiterate that there is ways to get, even if you're not attending the uh, convention. So thank you, Pixie Witches. That's the end of my community calendar. Is there anything you guys want to add in the theaters or in DVD that we should recommend before we go today? I'm not oh, up to date on all of the releases. Well, <laughs> do you have something that you would like to watch? But, you know, you're watching Firefly. You can recommend that if you want to. But, yeah, um, sounds like Firefly. Yes, we'll recommend Firefly because who doesn't want to recommend Firefly? My husband just told me to yell at Aaron and tell him to come out and visit Gosh Darn It. So, uh, he didn't say Gosh Darn It. <laughs> but so so we want to thank Aaron again for calling in as well as Joe Ripple, Eric Poke, and Sean Shallon. Once again, I want to thank the sexy witches Queenie Todd and Jenny Sherman uh, Sherman Richards for always being my my wingmen on this whole adventure uh, of podcasting. Uh, join us in two weeks when we will talk about a very heavy subject that I hope is going to be a really good conversation. We're going to talk about the future of film distribution right now. We're in a big change and things are going to be different. It's a great time for independent filmmaking and VOD has totally changed the game of how people can get out and see your film. And we'll be talking with our guests of the week Scott McDonald, who lives in Austin, and he's the host of Eurocab, which is a website that reviews independent and exploitational titles. So we will look forward to hearing from Scott. And once again, thank you, Queenie, for coming. And thank you, Jenny. No problem. And thank, thank you. you, anybody that's listening live to Sexy Witches. And you can always find us on iTunes and Stitcher and on my Facebook page. And, of course, we all have Twitter accounts as well. Find us there. So thank you all. And we'll leave you with a little bit of darkness, which is the theme song for my horror page, Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, The Sentence of Darkness. So have a good evening and good uh, good film hunting and blessed be. Yes, this is real music. Dark, brooding, important, groundbreaking. Check out the lyrics. Darkness. No.
I'll be there in just a couple minutes. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.